You can now hear Movie Heaven, Movie Hell on Stitcher. Stitcher is ready on demand. Listen anytime, anywhere. Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all your favourite shows, plus discover from 20,000 news, entertainment and sports shows. You can also create your own custom playlists. Stitcher is available on iOS, Android, Nook, iPad and in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and it's on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. You can stream your favourite podcasts from Stitcher. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. And please, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher. Thank you. So, welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy talking about movies and other related film topics. And I am always really enjoy episodes where we get to uh, have guests on the show. And today we're delighted to have published author and horror film aficionado, Jason Braun, with us. So, welcome, Jason. Hello, welcome. Thank you very, very much for having me on your show. It's an honour to have you here. Now, Jason, um, can you maybe start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, what you do, and um, how you come to know us guys, I guess? Okay, okay, yes. Um, I've always been a horror fan, a, a heavyweight horror fan throughout my whole life. And um, I've always wanted to um, have a career in the genre as well. So I've always been writing, and I've been writing for a long time. And it's only during the last seven years that I've been having a number of short stories published, poems, I've written film reviews for books and webzines. And um, only recently I've had my first screenplay produced as well and not only that I've also had three radio plays performed as well produced and performed on um, satellite radio as well and only now I've just found out that I've got a um, a comic book script um, accepted as well that's going to be in per- that's that that is going to be in in developments as well so yeah it's wow it's been a long journey but i'm getting there i'm getting there and that's it yeah and i've got future projects as well with producers and directors so yeah i'm i'm actually diversifying myself as a writer so i'm not just focused on short stories and and writing novellas or novelettes i'm I'm also focusing on screenwriting writing stage plays writing radio plays everything yeah, yeah no, so, absolutely, and yeah. hence why you've, we've, we've asked you to come on this. I mean, yeah. obviously Simon and I uh, know you through Fright Fest. Absolutely. But a couple of years ago at Fright Fest, you reminded me, which I really appreciated, of how we'd met some time earlier. That's right. Do, do you want to... Yes, um, we met in 2004 on a course. Um, there was a season on, there, it, was on it was on horror at the um, BFI from September to December 2004 and there was a course called Horror and its, and its Audience 
Now, the reason why I went on that course was because I wanted to find out why, why am I attracted to this? Why do I like horror? Because people would always ask me and I was always unable to answer that, that question because I just don't know. So I thought, okay, I'll go on this course to find out. And on this course, um, I'm with, I'm with like-minded people who were there for the same reason. And um, by the end of it, none of us knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's how I got to meet you and a few other people well, that's who, right. who I'm you, still in contact with. You reminded well. me of this. I mean, I'd, I'd totally forgotten. I, I'd been, I'd moved to London just about a year earlier mm. and um, I saw the BFI were doing this yeah. history of horror season it was created by mark commode the whole thing absolutely obviously, yes know, lots about the exorcist and everything yeah. of course and uh, but it was the whole sort of history of horror films but i remember at the same time that that was on and that course was on they were also doing a season on orson wells and a season on richard attenborough so yeah. i remember i was practically living at the bfi at that yeah point. i dread to think how much money i spent no one no wonder i'm broke now oh, no. <laughs> listen listen um um, every horror fan, especially Fright Fest and all that, must be broke, especially buying our tickets last week. Is it £185? Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, you go to Fright Fest, you spend money on food, you, then you buy the action figures, then you buy the t-shirts, then now they're selling tea towels there, and I don't know what, you, you go on the merchandise store, even though they reduce, you just spend, spend, spend. So, yeah, yeah, horror culture is... It can bankrupt you as well. Fright so, like, <laughs> Fest for me is like going on holiday. It is, That's definitely. That's my holiday for the year. Listen, listen, oh. I'd rather go to Fright Fest than to Ibiza and, and all that stupid nonsense that people go on like Mar Marbella and all that thing. Instead, I don't say no carbs to Fright Fest. <laughs> oh. Well, before we get on to, on to Fright Fest, because we're, we're going to talk about that a bit more, but... Um, having your short film, uh, short story uh, produced. Yeah. Um, tell us how that happened. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, I I I've written loads and loads of screenplays, and um, and I do believe in Malcolm Gladwell's um, ten thousand hour rule. I must have done twenty thousand hours <laughs> because um, I was just writing screenplay after screenplay after screenplay, and my scripts used to be. Yeah, it's yes. We don't like it too. This is good, but it's not what we're working on too. Um, almost being selected by agents as well. Like they'll pass the readers. The readers will read it and they'll recommend it to the agent. And I'll get personalised letters from mm -hmm. agents telling me we really like it. But you know, like, do you write any other genre or whatever sort of thing? But I say no. Mine's always horror. And so I was getting more and more frustrated. I was feeling that you know horror writers are not being represented and you know, you know and they're closing the door on it as well and it was only when I went on on BBC's writers room I, re I read about a competition where they were looking for short scripts so I entered it I thought right I went to it so I wrote a quick three page script it's supposed to be three minutes so it's a page per script so I, I written it straight away and I submitted it and a month later, they contacted me telling me, you've made the shortlist. And I'm like, what? But then I thought to myself, yeah, it must, it must be the shortlist out of 30. And I made it to the top 20, 
was it 25? I thought, yeah, it must be 30 people. Then I waited four months until they said to me, you're in the, you're, congratulations, you're, you're one of the wi winners. Wow. Where they were picking fifth, 15 screenplays. Oh, well done. And um, shortly after that, um, because what, what it was was that once they were picked right, they had a, a group of filmmakers, usually film students, who had to pick the scripts mm -hmm. out, of, out of 30. They had to pick um, 15 out of 25 scripts. Sorry, 15 out of tw 25 scripts. Right. Mine was one of the um, 15 that were selected. And um, it was about two months ago, I was invited to a screening in Leeds. So, so I went there, I watched it, and I was so happy, so pleased. And, and I met the filmmakers, and they were lovely, really were. And I'll tell you what, they're so talented. They really are. Like, they're 19 and 20, and I'll tell you what, I'm, I mean, you're going to see a lot of them. You really are going to see a lot of their work. Mark my words, they really are good. And I've shown them around to people in the industry, people like Norman J. Warren and people like that, and they love it. They love it. They love, this, they love the short film. I showed it on my social media. It went really well. and So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it as well, yeah. Okay, so as a writer then, you were happy with what these filmmakers did with your Yeah, material. that's right, I really was. Did, yeah. did they change it much? They did make a few changes, like dialogue and that, which, listen, right, a screenplay is nothing more than a blueprint. That's yeah. all it is. A lot of writers weren't particularly happy. They wanted their names removed off the credits. That, really? That is the honest truth. What, for the other shorts? Yeah, for the other shorts. And you know what? The filmmakers, right, I turned around and I approached them, and I was very, like, when I approach people, right, I don't usually smile or whatever, they look very nervous. <laughs> they look really nervous, like like sweating. So I walked over to them and said, "I just I just want to say um, this is what I think of the short film." They were like, they were like gulping, like, okay. and I said, "I think it's amazing. Well done." And they were like, "Oh, thank you so much. Oh, this is what we wanted to hear." But no, I mean, I should thank 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 him as well. I really should. We well, are smiling now. That's that's the important. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Hello. Hello. And do you? I mean, do you have a? Obviously, you, you love horror, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, I, I'm sure, as this goes on. But in terms of, you know, you've, you've written novels, you've written short stories, you've written yeah. scripts, yeah. You, you've written ri radio plays. Yeah. Do, do, do you have a preference? I mean, do you prefer to write in prose, or are you happy to write something do like that? Do you know, no, it's true. Um, um, I always prefer screen screenwriting, because I originally set out to be a screenwriter, and, like... I got so fed up that I started writing prose and I was getting more and more published work. So I was sticking with prose. And it was only until I thought, you know what, why don't I just go back and write a screenplay? And that's what I did. And I wrote a screenplay and um, I sent it off to a competition and it was it reached the quarterfinals and it was picked over 700 scripts and I got into the top 200 or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was also um, it was it was also long listed for the Nicole um, um, fellowships as well. I mean that is like that is like Wimbledon in terms yeah, of screenwriting. Yeah. That is no, absolutely. <laughs> cool. And and what about I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about writing, but on on the horror side of things, mm. um, you, you know, 
were you in were you into horror films as a kid or a teenager or how, how, how listen, did that how, listen, did, how did you get into this listen, macabre? I I got into this. Um, I must have been four years old when I remember my first ever horror film, like most people do. It was The Beast with Five Fingers, okay. a Peter Lorre film. Excellent movie, scared me. And I was always into things that I wasn't supposed to get into. Like, I used to love reading um, fairy tales. Mm -hmm. I used to love reading things like Brothers Grimm. I used to love nursery rhymes. I found them rather, rather dark and creepy. Mm, then I yeah. got into comics. Mm -hmm. And from there, um, I got into horror films, TV shows, and and at school I was introduced to literature, like Dracula, Frankenstein, um, um, the Strange Case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah, all the classics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And what and about? I, I mean, we, we did a podcast on Stephen King. Are you into his stuff? Oh gosh, yeah. yes, I was. Yes. I'll tell you what, I discovered Stephen King through films. Mm. It, wasn't, it wasn't through the books, because um, I, I was reading a lot of like horror like books, but then I was reading um, stuff, the things that I can pick from the library were things like Pan's Book of Horror, and um, you know, Ghost Stories um, collection of the old classics, you know that. But Stephen King, um, I didn't know much about Stephen King until um, he had a um, video recorder back in 1985 and we used to raid the video shop and I used to pick films like Firestarter, Christine, um, Dead Zone, um, Carrie and I, and I realised that they're all written by one person, <laughs> Stephen King and I thought let me check him out so I went to the library and I picked his books and I started reading them and I thought this guy is amazing and the thing I like about Stephen King is that, is that, um, yeah, people do say he's stuff for too long, but you know with Stephen King, he explores the characters first. He gets in debt with the characters. Mm -hmm. Because the whole idea of horror is that you're supposed to care about the characters first before they get into the story. And that's what Stephen King does so well. Yeah. As well. And, um, and his films are so visual. He's, I mean, his stories are so visual as well. And um, and after that, I just became a Stephen King fan. And when I realised that, you know what? Stephen King, horror author, I thought to myself, I, I can do that. I can do that. So I, I didn't really pay much attention at school. The only lessons I ever paid attention to was English. Because I thought to myself, as long as I learn English very well and I'll keep writing horror stories at every essay, that would be Maui training. So that was the only subject I ever took seriously, was just English yeah. literature all the way through. But yeah, I really wanted to be Stephen King. And, and then I started reading Clive Barker. Yeah. And then Clive Barker, Ramsey Campbell, and then James Herbert. And the 80s was like the horror boom because, I mean, you go to W. H. Smith's, it just had a brilliant horror section, even for kids. Like you, like you go to the news agents, it just had like horror books, horror novels everywhere. It was yeah. amazing. It was, it was a great time to be a horror fan yeah. in, in the 80s, yeah. especially as, as a kid growing up. No, 
now, absolutely. Yeah. We, we often talk about that whole uh, home video era, which we're always going on about. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if we've got young listeners, they'll be like, these old bastards. But, you know, <laughs> you, know what? Uh, but you know, that was a great time to... Oh, uh, yeah. Do you know what, Keith? I do feel sorry for a lot, a lot, a lot of the younger horror fans because I talk to a lot of them and they are incredibly versed. But, like, when I talk to them about Nosferatu, when I talk to them about the Universal films, Hammer, um, Val Val Luton films, Jess Franco, a few others, um, they don't really explore that, but but they want to make films. So Mm. I always tell them, watch watch all these guys, watch it, watch it. Yeah. As well. Well, I mean, that was was one of those, the attractions of the um, horror season was, uh, you you know, obviously I, I sort of, from a horror perspective, I grew up um, watching, you know, uh, Freddie and Jason and Michael yeah, Myers, yeah. you know, and th- those films very much, and um, uh, and obviously things like um, you know, you know, Cronenberg's The Fly and Absolutely. the thing that we always yeah. talk about. Well, I mean, that, that's uh, you know, that's as you grow up, that's that's the, the kind of films you watch, you know, because um, horror films. I think it, it is funny that kids can't go and see horror films yet they're the ideal audience because any horror film is going to scare a kid. It's harder to scare an adult, but yet kids can't go and see, <laughs> see these stories. I, I feel I feel that kids have got a greater attention span than adults because like, I have been seeing some like contemporary um, um, animated films and like usually they're, they're kids there and they're adults and the adults tend to have their phones out and looking and all that, bored. But the kids really get get into it and all that. Like I was watching um, Captain America Three: Civil War. Yeah. And the kids were really into it. And when they saw the superheroes, they go, "Wow, yeah, yeah!" They knew everything. The adults just had their phones out, looking bored, and all. And it shows that they've got a better attention span. Sadly, I was one of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but like in, in terms of like our generation, we were sport. We were sport. We had everything. We had the BBC Two double bills. Oh, video drum. We had yeah. the video nasty era. You know, like we we were watching. I was watching not just Hammer films. I was watching films that were banned. I was watching Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers. Wow, you know. Yeah. This was the best time to be a horror fan growing up. Yeah. Yeah. We had the best books, like factual books, film books. Yeah. Everyone now on Facebook wants to go back to the BBC Two double bills and all that. It's so nostalgic, but at the time we were living it. Well, I think you this know? is this is the we problem. had a point with fear yeah. on TV. I mean, this yeah. is the thing. The problem we have we're living with at the moment is that stu- studios and TV stations and stuff are scared to do new products, so they go to nostalgia. They go, well, what what works? Oh, this works. And people yeah. want to see this yeah. because they, 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 they want to harken back to those days when they were younger. And so newer work doesn't get a, you know, a look in. I mean, it's funny because I, I, I was listening to a podcast and there was, I can't remember who said it, but they were saying that back, back in the 80s when they were making films, the guys who were running the studios and everything, they didn't care. They didn't know about it. Yeah. They didn't interfere. It was like, if it makes money, that's fine. Yeah. But I'm not going to go in there and see what to do. And that's the problem that we have these days, is that you have studios and producers meddling with with what 
you know people are doing. It's very rare for a filmmaker to you know just go off and make a film and have you know no kind of studio interference at all. Yeah. You see, I feel that the problem with Hollywood horror films is that I tend to believe that they're making horror films for people who don't particularly like horror films. They're not making them for the real horror fans. And um, I feel that um, Hollywood are now funding franchises, oh, yeah. films that will have a franchise. Oh yeah, yeah. as well. Oh yeah, it's, that, it's, it's yeah. all about what they call IP. It's, uh, I, you know, is it uh, identifiable? Is somebody on the street gonna go, oh, I know that. I mean, yeah. you know, they're talking about doing not only one Tetris film, but three Tetris films. Yeah. And you're thinking, huh? I know. It's a game about blocks falling from the sky. I know, I know. It's <laughs> you just... know, we, we saw what they did with Pixels. They took a really nice idea and they yeah. made it into an Adam Sandler film. And not a very good one either. Apparently, um, is it like um, um, the next American Horror Story season is going to be on Creeper Pizza? Is it Creeper Pasta? Creepy uh, pasta as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this I is know, uh, this, this is well, yeah. one of the, uh, the the trends of now, which I am quite enjoying. Actually, yeah. is is obviously, you know, television now has become very it important. Is, yeah. And Absolutely. I know, obviously, horror anthology shows have always yeah. existed. Yeah. But American Horror Stories kind of, well, firstly because it's a cable show, it, yeah. it, it's 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 allowed to be a lot more graphic. But they've kind of come out with this. Um, you know, season arc anthology with each yeah. each show yeah. being set in a different time and place, but still featuring some of the same, same actors, cast yeah. playing different actors. I don't, I don't that's, mind that's quite that. Cool. I, like I that. do like American Horror Story. You know, I, I like it. It's especially when it's got strong female characters as well in horror films, and I I feel that um, the representation of women in horror is getting better and better now. And like, you know, I, I do, I do if, like if, strong female characters. If anything, horror was where you would find those characters in the first place. I mean, mm. always with the final girl. It's never, it was rare for there to be a final man in a film, would there? Oh, oh, oh. So, it's. I think horror has been a lot more progressive than say the rest of Hollywood. You know. I mean, I like Carrie. But, yeah, I like Carrie yeah. because if you think about Carrie, um, the women are, are in control. Oh, yeah, Travolta so. is controlled by his girlfriend. Yeah, you know, like Tommy Rossi's girlfriend controls him. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Carrie's mum. My words, gosh. Yeah. I mean, oh, no, it I mean, is. It is. You you can say it's, a, it's like a, I don't like to use the word, but you can say. People might say, "Yeah, it's a chick flick or whatever," but it's actually a cool movie. Carrie's oh, a brilliant film. He's got. It's brilliant. amazing to think that it's yeah. like nearly. It's, it's going to be. It's, it's forty years old this year, and it's still. Fair, it? It's still. It's still a great film, and even even this remake was like nothing. Yeah, nothing I, I, in comparison yeah, it, it to the was, original. It was rubbish, and the and the thing I like about some of the horror classics like Carrie, it is really Cinderella. Yeah. yeah, as well, it is really that, you know, and, and a lot of them are all like rehashes of fairy tales. And I don't think like they think, oh yeah, that's that's, that's right, fairy tale. I think it's through their, their sub sub subconscious mind as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, yeah. the thing about doing a good remake is taking the original subject matter and doing something different with it. So take the thing, 
the original one where you had like a man who was yeah. supposed to be a carrot and you know and then you get John Carpenter's The Thing where it's this amorphous creature that takes on all these different yeah. shapes and stuff so you know they did something different yeah and then Cronenberg did with the fly right, as yeah. well to a certain extent yeah. you know, I do the, prefer um, Cronenberg's remake to the original yeah. yeah I like them both but I've well, got yeah, but I love Cronenberg's version. Yeah. It's well, brilliant. It's the it same. It's the same with mm. the thing as well. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I've gone back and I watched. Yeah. The, the, the thing about those films is they're films of their time, and it's the kind of thing they could get away with. So with the fly, I mean, it's still, you know, the whole thing with the the man's head on the fly. Help me! Help Absolutely. Me. <laughs> I think I think one of my favourite scenes is the arm arm wrestling. Oh yeah, it's mm. amazing. That's just because totally visceral you just don't see it coming but I do remember reading an an, an essay um, by Mark Kermode I think it was called I I was a teenage horror fan I think it was an essay that he'd written Mark Kermode and um, sounds like the sort of thing he'd write yeah yeah. he he was talking about when he went to see the um, the fly in the um, cinema and um, he's watching it and there's a scene where Gina Davis's character is like giving birth or whatever, and um, David David Cronenberg does a does a cameo or whatever he plays oh, one of the guys. He laughs and someone else laughs, and it's basically two fanboys <laughs> nodding yeah. at each other because they both notice yeah, the, yeah. the the directors and that scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no horror kind of. Uh... Yeah. Does does I think attract that sort of um, absolutely fanboy? Well, yeah. Yeah. It kind of like started with Hitch, Hitchcock. Really started yeah. with Hitchcock. Really started with him. Yeah. Kind of like you see him just running for a train. Or oh, like the that. whole director's cameo. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it. But the the thing is, it, it, the director's cameo is kind of like uh, a, a double-edged sword. It's great if you're a well-known director, but when it's like Johnny Bloggs, you know. Who wants to make an appearance in his own film? It's then you go, mm, okay, really? Because the other thing with Hitchcock was he made it fun. Because yeah. he's not just somebody standing in the crowd. Yeah. He's he's always doing something. So he's like, you know, it's either he's waiting there with a, a double bass, or you yeah. know, he's walking along, or you see, he's like uh, a picture in the paper, you know, as like a criminal on the loose. Yeah. He was always very inventive with his cameos. Yeah. And, and always made fun of himself. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, but the things with the likes of Cronenberg is that it's actually a, a role yeah. in that film, even though it's a very small part. Yeah. And even with Scorsese, I mean, Scorsese's cameo in Taxi Driver was, only, right, yeah. was only there because the other actor didn't show up and yeah. they, they were on I, such a I tight thought schedule. thought he was good in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah Scorsese, he was, great. He was, he was very good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, very believable. That's <laughs> how he gets his performances. But no, I mean, going on your point about the whole um, you know, horror fans getting together and talking and having yeah. such great uh, camaraderie. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I, I loved about Fright Fest. I mean, I went, I started doing Fright Fest, um, I think my first one was 2007. 2000, I, yeah. You guys are real veterans. I, I remember, I'm, I'm, I've only done it four years. Yeah. So I remember like, talking to you back <laughs> in 2009. Yeah. I think we, we met in the Phoenix or... Yeah, well, yeah, because um, yeah. Yeah, I, I slowly, it was kind of like the first year I did, I actually went and saw a couple of films there, and then the second year, 
No, I think I did like one film, I did a couple of films, I did Day Passes, which was 2009, yeah. and then 2010, it was like, no, I've got to that, be here. That's how a lot of And that's when yeah. I had to get, I always get the weekend pass. I've been a Fright Fester since the beginning, since 2000. <laughs> and I remember when the tickets used to be, is it 70 pounds or whatever like that? <laughs> and you probably got more in the goodie bags. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like, good. I mean, I can't believe how it's grown, like, I mean, there used to be like I went to one screening and there were probably about thirty of us. Now it's just oh. yeah. Oh, it's massive. It's massive. I mean, it is. Yeah. It's big. And, yeah. and yeah, the thing, you know, like, sometimes I feel like a bit of a phony because I've only really started going in the last, you know, as I, oh, I said, love four it. or five years. But but uh, I, I I just don't want to miss it now. I've kind of yeah. got in. There's something about seeing twenty eight horror films over five days, which is which is yeah. insane, yeah. but yeah. but kind of fun as well. Well, this is, this is the um, thing as well. I mean, I. When I did the day passes, I missed a day. Yeah. And you come back there, and every you know everybody you've met, and made friends with, they've been there all that day, oh, no. and you've missed so much. Oh no. I mean, you know, it's not just sort of the films you miss, but the the things that go on around the. See the thing is, I, you you remember with um, I think it was the last year at the Empire. Yeah. And um, that was my first year. Ian yeah. comes up the stage, uh, front of the stage, and sort of says does an announcement about people that because they they caught two guys masturbating in a I do remember that film. yes I do remember that yeah and <laughs> wow. I think Ian said yeah we would like to see it <laughs> <laughs> there you go and, and we've just lost half our listeners <laughs> that's right yeah Ian's probably listening <laughs> who's probably saying switch that bloody phone Turn off <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the other thing I, I've always liked about Fright Fest is they're in the, the organisers' interaction with the audience as well because they do make you feel like part of a family and always happy to yeah. see you every, you it know. Is, yeah. it, it, it is a family. Um, to me, it's more like a coming out event because, like, you can't talk about horror films in the office yeah. and things like that. They just look at you like, like for instance, um, people are very much cool about you going around following a football team whatever but when you say that you want to spend the last week of august bank holiday in a cinema watching horror films which are 30 films they look at you as if you're weird yeah in fact i'm, I'm glad you said that because yeah. that leads me on to something i want to ask you about yeah um obviously you've had some success with some of your creative work yeah uh, which you know congratulations absolutely on thank that. you very much um but i think i record you mentioned to me at one point you were kind of the victim of some snobbery simply because your story was a horror story that's right and it yes. was in some sort of writing forum that's right yes can uh, you, without obviously naming yeah. names and incriminating um, anyone can you uh, can you tell us a bit about yeah that? i i um yeah, I was invited to a, a reading. They had a reading at a cafe, like a writer's cafe. And um, yeah, I thought, you, you know, it was, it, was, it was one of those events, you go along and you just read out a short, short, short story. So I went along. The wo woman who was running it, she was very friendly, very nice very charming and um, she said oh thank you so much you know for reading you know you can read your story and like that. So that's great so, so I went off and um, to get like a drink whatever my girlfriend um, was talking to her and she said um, she noticed something 
went right because like it was more literary fiction. So she said, um, I just want to let you know that my boyfriend's story is actually horror. Her face just turned. It was like she saw a dead body hanging, suspended in front of her. She said, you're joking, please tell me you're joking. She said, no, no, he writes horror only. So she, so when I got back, she said to me, you didn't tell me that you're a horror writer. And he goes, oh yes, I am. Do you want my business cards? Mm -hmm. She said, I'm afraid, um, I'm afraid it's, um, it's not right. Funny enough, showing up on, on the day was Rob, Sh Rob, Rob Sherman, who's a science fiction writer and fantasy, and he's written horror as well. Yeah. And he, he was, he, he also read, read these stories as well. But um, I just felt, well, that's your problem. Yeah. And the thing about, you know, some of this literary fiction, all that, the stories that they were reading, right, I'm, I'm not having a dig, but they were sending me to sleep because like, all they were doing was, they were just like describing a rose or sweet. They had all beautiful sentences and well written, but there was no story. Yeah. And to, to, to be honest, right, when you spend £6.99 on the paperback, yeah. um, you want to read a story. You don't want to read how beautiful a sentence is written. Yeah. You want to read a good story, don't you? Especially if it's horror or thriller. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, everything yeah. has its place. Yeah. And obviously, uh, you, you know, there are, there are many types of films as with yeah. other fiction but um it is it, it i always do find it interesting how there's always this kind of uh I'll, know, give, I'll give you a good example frowning over horror. Oh, oh hell yeah when we um i can't remember what year it was but we were queuing outside the empire and they were also they had like a preview screening of harry potter yeah. and we had the two queues going in each other I direction and this woman came up to me and goes Oh, what are you queuing up for? And we went, oh, we're queuing up for Fright Fest. What is Fright Fest? It's a horror film festival. Horror? And I went, what are you queuing up for? Harry Potter. And I went, excuse me, if it wasn't for horror films and horror stories, there would be no Harry Potter. Harry Potter's got some horror elements mm. added onto it as well. Well, I mean, just take the, the fact that yeah. you've got wizards. Yeah. And you've got witches, and then you've got, you've got monsters. You've got magic, you've got the occult, oh, yeah. everything. Because you know J.K. Rowling's books, they've been banned uh, like in some libraries and schools in the deep deep south because yeah. they believe that it practice, it encourages kids into the, the occult. Yeah. And like that. So, and yeah. Into witchcraft. Exactly, but, but you know what was funny? Back, back to that event, Yeah. apparently um, we, are, us Fright Festers, were very clean. We look after the toilets, everything. The staff couldn't believe how maintained the toilets were. But the Harry Potter one lot trashed the toilets. They were flooded and all that. And I, like, I hate to think it brings the new state. meaning to the, the name yeah. Harry Potter. Really. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Potter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, that, I mean, you know, that 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 is interesting um, that it gets that. Uh, I mean, what I always find, what I, I've always liked horror, but what I find is it is such a, a big subject, meaning, um, you know, I had all these certain ones that I grew up with and was interested in, and in terms of contemporary cinema, I often go and see horror films, yeah. but, you know, there's, there's so much more out there. I mean, through that BFI course, um, 
not only did I see some of the you know old Hollywood classics, yeah. but also it, it introduced me to you know foreign horror, sort of yeah, like you know absolutely. Dario Argento type stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, um, <laughs> and and of course you know like um, um, friends I know like you know we've had on here previous Mike Tack, um, you know who's a little bit older and he he. Uh, He's, he's introduced me, I know some Hammer films, but yeah. he's a real aficionado oh, he's of Hammer big, Horror big and introduced Hammer me to fan, some yeah. new um, films that way. And that's what I'm love. I'm always disco discovering yeah. stuff. You told me about Pete Walker stuff. Exactly. Um, Pete Walker, and our yeah. recent screening. Because your uh, film, um, I just hope to God that Fright Fest show, shows it, your short film. Oh, because, thank you. because you know <laughs> what? Um, it it reminds me, and what's funny is, you. I don't think you've ever seen a Pete Walker film. No, I'm not sure I have. I mean, I've, I don't think you have. I've actually ordered some Blu-rays yeah, that are um, it, on the way. But. That film that, that that you'd written and directed, I watched it and I thought of Sheila Keith. And I thought of House of Whitcall and Frightmare Married. Yeah. Right, which I yeah, haven't it's, seen. It's, it's, it's got very of. much got a Frightmare. It has, yeah. yeah. It really yeah. has got, it's got Frightmare in it. And when she's in that house, it reminds me of meeting like the guy's parents. It reminds me of House of Whitcall so much. It well, is. I'm going to check these out. I mean, this is the good yeah. thing. This is what's interesting. I mean, you know, back to the whole fairy tale thing. That particular yeah. project came about because yeah. Richard Nock, who, who yeah. co-produced co and directed the film with me, um, you know, he had this idea about you, you know taking a. Uh, one of the fairy tales and turning it into this thing. I won't say too much to the yeah. word spoil it. Yeah. And that's what, what I went away and adapted into that screenplay. Um, but I used, I went back to the actual fairy tale first and used that as the sort of spine yeah. and basis for it. Why not? Why not? I think quite interesting about your short was the fact that uh, the way it was written and the way it came out was completely different. Yeah. Just from the point of view that it was a very linear story. Yeah. And then through when you finished it and looked at it, decided that actually non-linear would work better. Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, the first, uh, Mike Tackett was actually our editor and, and he rightly so, he, he he cut the film initially to the shooting script that I had. Um, but then when I watched that back, I realized that if we wanted it for a horror audience, um, you know, those elements needed to be in much sooner. So that's when we yeah. restructured it. But um, but yeah, hopefully, you never know, it might get shown at Friday. Well, yeah, I mean, this is definitely I, I, one of its we'll strengths. listeners updated. It was, I, it was definitely got, one of its strengths from the fact that, yeah. um, that horror fans watching it wouldn't feel like you were trying to trick them or talking down to yeah. them, which a lot of, a lot of fan films do. There's a lot of films where they try and do a surprise in it and you've seen it you can see it coming a mile off so instead of sort of trying to do that surprise it's like you know what we know that you know so we're, we're not going to treat you stupid we're going to sh we're going to show you that you're right straight away yeah and what i liked about your film was that it's not you trying to show oh look at me i'm a fanboy i know this film and that film it had a surprise and it had a very good funny ending oh it did yeah oh, I, well thank you guys I, 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 I didn't expect to sort of turn this into a podcast about my film but, yeah, uh, I appreciate that I, I want to get back on to, to your stuff though, yeah Jason, that's cool please. that's cool um, yeah. so um, what 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 are you 
are you able to say what you're currently working on? Yeah, I can talk about that back? right now. Um, yeah. You know, like right now, I'm waiting to hear about you know that producer on our script, yeah. on the script that I'd written, which you know you're interested in. The producer is. I'm waiting to hear about that as well more. Um, I'm also writing a feature for a, pr a, pr a, pr a producer. I've got a producer interested in the feature mm -hmm. as well. So I'm spending my time writing it and writing it. Um, it's a micro-budget film. It's got a cast of three people and it's set in one location. And it's set in one night, it is. Is this the one you talked to me about? Fright Fest last year? I probably is did. It, yeah. I probably have or whatever. But, I must admit, every year when I leave Fright Fest, I mean, okay, I've done yeah. a short this time, but every year I think, next year I'm going to have a feature in there. Yeah, and, uh, no, I need, I, to, I need I, to do that. I, 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 yeah. I, I'm always the same. Every time I go yeah. there, you come out of it, and you go, you know what, next year I'm going to be there with a feature film. And I, then every, every year you can come out damn it, I didn't get a feature film. I think it would be a good idea if all of us don't talk about it and we do it and then we show it. <laughs> I, I think that would be a good idea. I like your style. Well. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm actually writing at the moment. Um, you know, I pitched the idea. He loves it as well. You know, um, I showed him the treatment. He really liked it. And uh, I'm halfway through the script as well. Halfway through it. But I want to make it more atmospheric. It's atmospheric and, you know, and, and um, it's, it's really good it's you know so f i mean it's based on my worst dream my worst nightmare oh right so you know it's something that scares me yeah. that's a good place to start absolutely any, yeah. anything yeah. to do um, with horror what else um i've got a um I've, I've got a comic book script in development with a with a um, publishing company that um they're linked to 2000 AD. Oh wow! As well, yeah. as well, yeah. Um, they're linked to it, and um, I'm also got another comic book project as well. Um, they they like it as well, but they want me to make a few changes. So I'm working on that as well to okay. make the approval. But but their idea is really good. I thought, hey, why didn't I think of that? So yeah, yeah. I'm always open to editorial changes when I write. Right, because writing is rewriting. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. So yeah. yeah. But they love the idea, so I'm pretty pleased about that. And um, yeah. And um, after that, um, well, that's it for now. I'm just working on a screenplay. I'm waiting for a for a comic book script to be produced. Uh, I've got another comic book script which have gained interest as mm -hmm. well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, Definitely, yeah. um, we, we've had a couple of listeners um, ask what our thoughts are about um, the change of venue this year for Fright Fest and the lineup. So I think we'll sort of, sort of finish talking about that. So what, what's your thoughts about the when the I new first venue? heard about Shepherd's Bush? Um, the first thing I thought of was oh, he's probably in the. Um, What's that shopping mall? Is it Westfield? Yes, Westfield. I thought it was in there, yeah, but when I heard it was there, right. I'm like, I was a bit surprised. I was shocked as well. Yeah, because it's sort of place I wouldn't want to walk around at night time as well. Wouldn't really. But um, they'll be with some real hardcore horror fans who will know how to kick ass. <laughs> at first, I was surprised, but now it's getting closer. I'm actually looking forward yeah. to it as well. Yeah. And um, 
to be honest, um, I know that the reason why they change it is because um, I think they do some work to the other cinema, and it's like, where else, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where else can we have it? So, yeah. well, well, to, I, to be fair, I think it was out of their control. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Sadly, I, it's not essential and it's not as yeah. convenient yeah. for some people. But but it, it just it's it just makes me think of when we moved from the Odeon West End to the Empire. And the reason was for that was that they were going to demolish That's right. the, the Odeon West End. And what ended up happening was it didn't happen for like five years. I know. I mean, yeah. it's now happened. It's now happened. But at the time, the move was because the Odeon West End we wasn't going to be there. I, I remember we used to be in um, Prince, Prince Charles. And um, I actually loved it. I loved the atmosphere. But, but the only thing was, it used, when it started getting busy, it would be mental trying to leave. Oh, right. Right. So they moved it to the Odeon because it was getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then from the Odeon, of course, they moved to um, yeah, the Empire. The Empire, yeah. which I think it was excellent. Oh, I, yeah, I like, like that, these three. Yeah, yeah. I, it the, was excellent. The, the was, time yeah. when it was at the Empire, I absolutely loved because um, it, it just it just it just works. Because the thing about the Odeon West End was either people went upstairs after a film or they yeah. went outside for a cigarette it was either one or the other uh, but with the Empire we all came out together and yeah. um, you know we could all sort of chat in that corridor I mean sometimes you were getting a little bit crushed when it was a bit busy but yeah. you know you could you could get out yeah. easy there was there was certainly lots of ways of getting out of there yeah. the thing I like about Fright, Fright Fest is like it's not just the films um, it's the atmosphere it's the people you know, like every everyone is nice. You know, we all get along because we all share similar interests as well. We may not agree with every film, but <laughs> we all have something in common yeah. as well. And yeah, well, it's one of the things I missed about Fright Fest now is that because they've split us up into three, and that yeah. the films we see are at different times. Yeah. So within like a day. We, we've all seen six films, but we have seen them at different points. So to talk about it becomes really difficult yeah. because by the time you've seen one film, the other person who may have saw that film before you has now seen another film. And it's that kind of, you, when you come out of a film, especially when you know there's another one and there's going to be another one, you're sort of itching to talk about it. Oh, no. And then, of course, you can't because the person you're talking to is in another screen yeah. and then you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And you're just like... To, to be honest... Um, I know what you're saying because yeah. my other half, uh, she hates spoiler alerts. Oh, so yeah. if someone's going about a film, she's like, oh, I don't want to know, I don't want to know. She's yeah. like that as well. Whereas me, I, I'm like, fast I'm, I'm, pre I'm pretty laid back. Really. But um, yeah, as, as long as everyone's having a good time, it's cool. And everyone's having a good time. Yeah. What's great about Fright Fest is that on the Thursday evening, we all meet up, everyone's nice to each other, we all kiss. It's like going in the Big Brother house. Everyone's nice to each other. <laughs> and then after a few days, everyone hates each other. But I, I'm not saying that's Fright Fest, but uh, by then, everyone's knackered and tired. And it's like, oh. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, the, 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 the after party at the end, we're all yeah. like, yeah, that was great. I can't wait for next year. I know, but you know what? It goes quick next year. But, but you know what, um, it could be sacrilege what I'm going to say, but I actually prefer Glasgow Fright Fest to yeah. the main one, because it's how Fright Fest used to be right. when it first started. When, it, when is Glasgow, uh, Glasgow um, Fright Fest? It's February. Um, February. Yeah. Okay, no, I've never like, been to that one. We always love it here. We love it. The fans are 
brilliant there, you know. It's, it's, it's a great atmosphere, it really is. You guys should go, you really should, you know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, um, unfortunately, I'm missing this year's one. And it's not because last year I said the same thing, you know. Yeah, on the Thursday of uh, when Fright Fest, Fright Fest started, I was like, oh shit, I know I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, literally bought a ticket that day. Yeah. But um, no, I think, well, my personal situation and also the I, I'm not a big fan of it being in Shepherd's Bush. I mean, I hope it comes back yeah, to Leicester I, Square I, next year. I do prefer Leicester Square because it's more central. Well, it's atmospheric. Also, also the fact um, that if, if you want to go off yeah. and have a walk, you know, there's always that one film where you go, nah, I don't fancy it. Yeah, you go for a walk, walk and, and all that, yeah. And there's always sort of plenty of places to go and stuff. Yeah. And Shepherd's Bush, there's really not much there. I know. You know, especially when, like, you know, Westfield is... Oh, I hate Westfield. I don't, I don't like Westfield no. too. I don't like shopping centres. I my, my dream would be a Westfield all with shops like Forbidden Planet, <laughs> Cinema Store, you know, merchandise store and all that. That would be ideal because once I'm in there, that is it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You can't get me out. <laughs> you want like a Toys R Us size cinema store. Exactly. Yeah. Where you get action figures and everything. Not, yeah. not a place where you get watches and well, it's, 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 it's not the shop so much it's just the fact that it's very it, it feels like you're walking down one main corridor and people really don't give a shit yeah yeah. but it'll be uh, interesting I don't think Shepherd's okay. Bush will know what's hitting yeah <laughs> well you know you, you can always do um, um, Dawn of the Dead you can reference Dawn of the Dead yeah yeah as well. going to yeah, a shopping yeah. Yeah. so uh, what films are you guys looking forward to seeing this year well I'm looking forward to seeing 31, the new Rob Zombie film, and I'm also looking forward to seeing, um, it's a guy whom I know very well called Ben Parker, he's got a film out called The Chamber, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've been really seeing yeah. that on, on yeah. Facebook quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean like, Kimberly uh, is his girl, she's been blitzing it, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> blitzing it, that film, <laughs> right and center. so yeah, you know, yeah. like, because I, because I get um, get on so well with Ben, you know, and he's a sound bloke. Yeah, I'll go and see it because I always support my friends' yeah. films. Is, I always I, do. That. Is that in the main screen or is it in the? It's going to be on the main screen. Oh, nice. Yeah. So oh, wow. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pleased for him as well. So yeah, I'll, I'll watch it, and um, I know it's going to be a good film. I, I know that it is. Um, what else? Um, Cell, Stephen King. Yeah, big Stephen yeah. King fan. It's the yeah. second film of the opening night. Yeah. Does anybody know about the opening film? Again, it seems like oh, uh, they're starting off with a kind of unknown, which I don't know. I don't know. I, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, Cherry Hill last year that was, was that was really bad. That yeah. was that was um, a bad film. Yeah. It, it looks like a Channel Five film after Steven Seagal or Chuck <laughs> Chuck Norris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> There's a pit. <laughs> it did. It had that kind of production value. Yeah. It? Uh, it's definitely not a pizza and beer film. <laughs> no. no, that's the yeah. coming home late for yeah. the, the pub film where you're yeah. just like, uh. <laughs> Keith. Is did there we, any films you want to? I, 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 mean, I don't know. This this always makes me sound like I'm a bit lazy or whatever. But I, I know a lot of people who go to Fright Fest. You know. There's the excitement and the anticipation of the schedule coming out and plan, you know, watching all the trailers and planning on the films you're going to see. 
I tend to not do that. I actually enjoy, which is which is hard in the world we live in now, not knowing anything yeah. about and just going into the cinema, particularly when it's a packed cinema like Fright Fest always is, and and just experiencing it. Yeah. And and you, you know that way that you find gems. You obviously sit through a lot of crap as well, but you yeah. find gems and all this. Of course, there are some that have got you know bigger writers directors and actors attached to them you know yeah. that are more known but then, then there's also those those ones where you really don't know who's in it and uh, or you know or from, from I think it's it, it's a, it's a, it's a good attitude really to like not read up on anything yeah. and just watch them and yeah. then like, mean, you'd be surprised you can, you can still it's still surprising i mean uh, the amount of years i've gone there going oh this yeah. is the film i want to see it and then of course that's the film that turns out not to be that good and it's just something else yeah. that I wasn't even you know expecting turns out to be really good yeah it's not like bait I actually walked into that film and I loved it oh bait, bait was very good yeah. excellent film bait yeah, yeah. I mean it's, it's weird I, I tend to do this with all films and TV series and everything is I go into it trying to avoid as much hype about it as I as I can apart from you know just maybe knowing who the main actors are, yeah. maybe who the screenwriter, producer and directors yeah. were, but you know, very little. Yeah. And um, once I've seen something, particularly if I enjoy it, that's when I want to know everything about it and I'll be IMDBing and Wikipediaing and reading all the reviews and Googling yeah. it and wow. all that sort of stuff. I, I, I remember the year when everybody was looking forward to seeing Giallo, which was Dario Argento's mm. latest film. Yeah. And it was being shown. Was it shown before the girl with the dragon tattoo or after? I, I think do my, remember it was shown in two thousand and nine. Yeah. yeah. And I, so those two were shown back. Well, it was. It was a good laugh. <laughs> it wasn't. I'm sure that's not what Dario wanted. I, but. No. <laughs> and again, I enjoy. I enjoy seeing some of the the, the foreign films sometimes because you know when you don't have big names mm. attached that you know you really don't know what's going to happen in them yeah. and and definitely I mean all that Nordic noir stuff that's really yeah. you know those guys are dark well, and yeah. I love that stuff well this yeah. is the other thing about Fright Fest you, know. you see a lot of films there that will never make it to a big screen yes. yeah yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of films that I've seen at Fright Fest that I've you know I've not even seen like on Netflix or yeah, Amazon Prime or anything like that no. and you know so the opportunity to be in the screen and see them as you know, as the filmmaker yeah. wanted you to see it, because yeah. nobody nobody yeah. makes a film for it to be seen like on an iPhone or a yeah. small TV. I remember in Glasgow um, we saw a really good documentary on Roger Corman. Wow. Now I don't know if that's been released yeah. or whatever. Yeah, has, I, has I, it? I, yeah. yeah, I actually yeah. I, that was that excellent. Blu-ray, yeah. That was. Oh, I mean, and there was one on. Um, there was that Corman's World. Yeah, and yeah. there was. Oh, another, I've seen that one. Yeah, there, Corman's there World. There was another yeah. documentary on Filipino um, ex- exportation films where Americans end up making films in the um, Philippines during the seventies. Oh, was that? Um, yeah. Was it like American Chopper Girls? Or That's right. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen that yeah. one on Netflix. That was really good. That was that really was. good. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, some of the, especially on the horror genre, they they, they do some amazing documentaries mm. out there about all of those things that are really, really interesting. So yeah. It does have yeah. that level of interest. Well, yeah. In you've them. got the the, is, the mammoth one yeah. on, on the Nightmare Elm Streets, um, yeah. the Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. Halloween's. Yeah. yeah. I've got all of those. Yeah. There is one, uh, um, I don't know if it's been released, but it's they're showing it in the film festivals. It's directed by this guy called Tao Zimmerman, 
and it's on horror fans. Oh, right. And um, I've seen previews of it on you, YouTube, and it's excellent. It's screaming my name. I, I want to watch it. I really do. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, you know, there's there's so much. I mean, um, obviously, uh, you know, as we already mentioned with American Horror Story, it's all become quite popular on television now. Yeah. I mean, I, I recently watched. Um, I kind of binge watched uh, Slasher. I don't know whether you've seen that. No, no, um, no, no. It's it's another sort of series long anthology show. Yeah. It doesn't quite have the production values of say an American horror story yeah. obviously it doesn't have the budget of that yeah. and some of the acting's a bit dodge in it but it, it's quite entertaining and I also um, on Netflix I ended up binge watching uh, the, the the first season of, of Scream as oh, well which it's funny isn't it? it it's that sort of thing about good or forgiveness I, I actually found that um, you, you know they, they obviously used Wes Craven's films as the, as the template um, but yeah, I, I found I found it quite an addictive watch. I mean, they're they're, they're forty minute long episodes, and there's there's ten of them. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, they do they do make you they, they spend a lot of time on character, which is like you were saying, that's the thing. Yeah, that, you, that's yeah. very that important. You, um, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I'm and, just, and you've I'm, got the time to develop it because you're talking about essentially an eight-hour movie. Yeah. I think know? that's why the first screen film works because um, you know, like. We all ended up rooting for Sydney Prescott because he explored her her character as yeah. well. Yeah. Like we all knew about Arkins. I mean, I was, I was yeah. the fact that it blew, uh, played with expectations because they they talked about the horror rules. Yes. Uh, they they played with them. I mean, yeah. I especially like when Drew Barrymore gets killed at, at the beginning, and not for the fact that Drew Barrymore gets killed, but <laughs> the fact that um, it's always been a rule in horror that if your parents turn up, you're safe. Yes. And, and of course, turn, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she, she still gets killed. Well, that's that's the good thing. Have you noticed the Halloween nod in that? When he says, "Go to the Mackenzie's house." That's <laughs> right. Using that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's, this is the thing. I mean, it's all those little. Um, yeah. The fact that they use movie references in that whole screen yeah. storyline. You know, Kevin Williamson obviously came up with all that stuff. Is is works really well. But but you know, there is there is. Horror, there's an awful lot of it out there, good, good and bad. Yes, but yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot of stuff to consume. Do you, do you know <laughs> the honest truth about what actually, you know, like my belief of the horror? I don't see horror as a genre. I see it as it, it's emotion, like comedy is emotion, because you can put horror in any genre. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, horror is definitely a mixed comedy. Genre. Is the same yeah. thing as well. Yeah, you can put it in. So I don't really see it more. I don't really see it as a genre. You, you're right, though. I mean, yeah. um, you, you know, there, there are some horror that's mixed with comedy. There's some yeah. that's mixed with thriller and mystery. Absolutely. Um, some mixed with action. Yeah. You know, so sci-fi, romance. Because you, you think yeah, about sci-fi. horror and comedy. Yeah. Right. Horror is like 100% jeopardy. Horror, your life is fucked straight away. Your character, who we're rooting for. That person's going through turmoil. That person's going through a lot of, lot of shit. Yeah. And it gets even worse and worse. And you think, how bad is it going to get? You know, every like main character in a horror film is tortured. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get over it, confront it, confront their fears, confront something. And they go for the worst ordeal ever to come out of it. So, it, it, you know, it's great. Comedy is just tragedy all the way through. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's all these all the way through. So they're both like siblings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, that's why yeah. why horror comedy works so well. I mean, we're talking about TV series. I loved Ash versus the Evil Dead. That yeah. was great. I mean, not yeah. only was that really funny, but it was there was some good scares in it, and it was very gory. What's that on? Is that on? Oh, it's on the stars. See, there is. Oh, okay. you, you, you see, with Evil Dead, like I love Evil Dead, and I love the second film. I felt the second film similar to the first one or whatever. But the one person that I like is Ash. Yeah. Because he's someone that you root for, even yeah. though he screws up all the time, <laughs> you just end up liking him. And like, I think there's some horror fans who would like to be like Ash. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Campbell made has made his career on that. Yeah, I know, yeah. But, um, yeah. But but you know what I also like about Fright Fest also the guests. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's good when sometimes yeah. they. They, they, they always have guests. I wonder if Rob Zombie's going to be at Shipper's well, Bullshit uh, Fright Fest. Uh, that's, well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we nearly had John yeah. Carpenter there. That's right. Well, he's, he's coming over here on Halloween. Halloween yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean. Yeah, get to see some of our heroes up there. Absolutely. Yeah, that, it, it goes back to my childhood, like when I was a teen or whatever, when I was at school. Everyone's heroes were like Michael Jackson, everyone wants to be Prince, everyone like Frank Machiavelli, a footballer who played for West Ham and people wanted to be whoever. Mine was Steven Spielberg, Stephen King, John Carpenter, Clyde Barker as well, Wes Craven. Those those were my heroes. Christopher Lee, Peter Cushion. You know, it, it was a stage in my career where I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. I wanted to be. I wanted to make horror films like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, Vincent Price. Then I thought, no, I want to be a film director like Steven Spielberg and John Carpenter, John Landis. Yeah. To um, to being a writer like King and Barker and Alan Poe and I and I just stayed there. Yeah. yeah. No, I. So yeah. I, I, I'm the same. I mean, yeah. you, you you know. Um, you know, I often talk on this thing about, you know, obviously being a, 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 a voting BAFTA member and all this sort of thing, so see yeah. all sorts of films, but, you know, I, I will never lose my roots, and my roots growing up was the love of action-adventure films, horror films, thrillers, sci-fi, yeah. you know, all of those sort of things, whether it be film, television, whatever. Yeah. And um, I still love all that stuff now, and you, you know I'm, I can't let go of those things that inspired me as, as I mean, a kid, I, and, and I hate the snobbery around it all because to be honest, I, I don't. Can still I, be good. I'm I'm pretty much immune to the um, snobbery because like I can always say that the horror genre has contributed a lot to um, yeah. to the film film industry. Of course it has. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was interesting because I was I was watching an interview with Rob Rob Zombie, and he was talking about how when he started making films like House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, it was easier for him to get films made because Lionsgate films, when they first started, they funded like Devil's Rejects, Hostel, yeah, you know, Saw, and all these films. Yeah, yeah. Now they've closed the doors in the horror genre. They made enough money, right? And um, same thing with New Line 
Yeah, New Line. Well, Cinema. Yeah, well, New Line, they, they it was always known as the house that Freddie built. That's right, yes. yeah. yeah. Rob, um, what's his name? The guy who used to run... Rob um, Shea. Rob, Rob Shea. Yeah. You know, he, he, he used to put films in his car and drive them onto um, cinemas, have them shown or whatever. I mean, Freddy Krueger came along. I, mean, I think they went through a, through an identity crisis in the, in the 90s. They, they wanted to be, be like a... Um, like a um, studio as well they want to be like that and um, now they're owned by Time Warner yeah, yeah. so but um, yeah, well, it was kind of a model similar to what Corman had you know back yeah. in the 70s because exactly. uh, of course he made all those um, I keep forgetting you know Roger Corman he did all those Edgar Allan Poe oh, adaptations yeah. he did didn't he, which, he which did all types good. of stuff he did yeah. sci-fi he oh, did, did the uh, he, yeah. he did the teenage um, films he did the teen movies yeah, and all yeah. that you know yeah. So it was whatever, whatever uh, craze yeah. was there at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but it, it's funny to think that he was he was the B movie king, and in, in the late seventies, Hollywood started making B movies and kind of did him out of business. Yeah, that's true. Mate, uh, the horror genre's done so much. Hammer as well. You yeah. know, they managed to get their films set successfully internationally they yeah. had a big influence on America Italy Spain yeah. and they've never been able to quite get it back you know for yeah. years Hammer films have been trying even to... Japan they yeah. did a couple of like films called was it Lake of the Lake of Dracula or whatever they made yeah. a few vampire yeah. films like Hammer movies yeah. well I mean what happened to Hammer is what happened to a lot of the British studios, and that was the fact that yeah. uh, most of them were financed through this levy that the US had to pay to have their films shown here. Yeah. It was one of the reasons why it took so long for a film from the States to be shown here. Mm. And that was what was funding the film industry. So when Margaret Thatcher came up with that deal to scrap it, uh, due to Ronald Reagan, because of him being an actor in Hollywood, killed the film industry overnight. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that people weren't going to see these films anymore, it was the fact that their, their, their main source of funding was taken from them. Mm, yeah. And then of course, we, we've we never recovered. It's yeah. like with we, Hammer, like yeah. they made a film in 1970, I think five or six, called um, To a Devil, a Daughter. It was funded by, by America mm. and um, it did so well, but Hammer didn't see much profits because they kept all the profits. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, the, the other good thing about horror, um, because it, as you rightly said about emotion, it is absolutely universal because of that. Because obviously, we've of course got our, you know, Hollywood films, etc., and we've already mentioned like the Scandinavian and Nordic yeah. noir type ones, but also Asia. Uh, came out with with you know there's quite a lot of horror that that's right out, yeah um, it's now world Asian cinema, cinema now yeah yeah, yeah. And, so. and I'll tell you what right to everyone who's like pissed off with the political scenario what's happening in Britain all that this is the time to get a pen and paper and write your best horror stories well I think we're, the I best think time. I think we're going to see a lot of stories about yeah. this in some form, shape or form absolutely yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah. Use it as an allegory. For what's <laughs> exactly, going on. this is the best time to write yeah. it right no, now. Absolutely. Carpenter did it with Day Live. Yes. Look, look at that now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That was the the Reagan era. Yeah, that's right. We know. love we love Carpenter. Yeah, We've I mean, a whole episode I mean, on. he is God. <laughs> John Carpenter is God. He never made a bad film in the eighties. <laughs> ah, yeah, I like yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's true, actually, because if our movie heaven, movie hell, the heaven ones were, were the 80s, 80s and yeah. the hell was definitely the 2000s. And I, yeah. do, and, and I do like Ghosts of Mars, even though a lot of people hate it. I have a soft spot for that film, and I like vampires. Well, I enjoyed vampires. Yeah, I mean, vampires, James Woods. James Woods, yeah, you know, going around staking vampires, it's, it's a lot of fun even though yeah. some of it don't quite make much sense. But uh, you have the James Woods It is really a Western. Well, yeah. yeah. That's what it is. But most of his films were all Western in disguise. Halloween, yeah. you could say that's a Western. I mean, well. Assault and Precinct you know, 13 was definitely a Western. Escape from New York, a Western. Yeah. I mean, Big Trouble in Little China oh, was written originally... It was, it was as written as a Western. Western. You're yeah. right, it was. Yeah. So this is going to make you laugh. Um, he was offered the golden child but turned oh, it down yeah. oh thank god he did that because yeah, right. because you know what i remember when that film came out in 86 everyone went to see the golden child because eddie murphy was hot business yeah. hey, it was off the back of beverly hills yes yeah, right yeah. yeah i went yeah. to see big trouble in little china and i loved it and i told you you've got to watch big trouble in little china no one bothered of course the film bombed yeah now what film is everyone talking uh, about now? No one's, no one's talking yeah. about Golden Child. It's, it's not a good film. I've only seen it recently. And it's just, it's just terrible. It's true. I mean, not even Charles Dance could save that one. Uh, I think he just said, "All right, yeah, give, all me, right, the, give hey, me the money, no, show me the money." No, I don't think Charles Dance was actually. He was actually doing well. I mean, he, it's kind of like a similar role to he had in the last Action yeah. Hero. So yeah. he was the best thing about it. But you, it, it, when you have like a strong villain like that, you also need to have a strong hero to go up against them. But, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to end. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah. it's such a big topic. topic we yeah. could talk all night. We can talk <laughs> all day about this because yeah. this is an ongoing topic as well. Yeah, exactly. This is what we all mostly talk about. Right, right, this. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, so you've got things coming up, which is great. That's right. Yeah. Um, how, how can people see your work and, and get well, in touch with you? I've got a website where you can access and view my body of work as well. Let me just read it out. You mean you don't know a part? <laughs> Not that day rule, but um, it's um, www.jasonbrawn.com wibbly.com <laughs> okay. Wow, okay and that's it really yeah <laughs> and Braun is B-R-A-W-N not Jason Bourne which <laughs> I am getting all the t- that's why I call it Jason D. Braun because yeah. like I get people who I meet and they and they said oh god you look different it's not how you show and you know what? It's, it's like oh um you're not the person who, who I expected to be. I said, well, they expected you to be Matt Damon. Mean? They expected me to look like Matt Damon. I'm like, come on, man. I have to say I'm looking forward to Jason Bourne, but that's another podcast. Yes, there yeah. you go. I do it all the time, Jason Bourne. So, yeah. Oh. Uh, so, Keith, where can we find your work? Uh, yeah, if you go to YouTube and put in British Isles, Isles spell E-Y-L-E-S, as in my last name, um, there are some films on there that are, I've written, produced and directed that you can watch and stay tuned I'll let you know uh, further information about the uh, the film we mentioned tonight which um, is doing the festival circuit yeah I, I hope it does well I really really hope it does well thank you I've got a gut feeling that they were they're right now after watching your film they're dancing around it <laughs> and I reckon it will get shown I hope so I, I hope said the so. same thing about Ben Parker 
I said yeah. to Ben Parker two weeks ago, we met at this uh, someone's birth birthday bash, a friend's birthday bash. Talked to Ben, he was very nervous. I said, Oh, have you heard from the organisers about your film at Fright Fest? He said, No, I haven't heard anything. That was the day I saw your film. All oh, right. Okay. And I said to Ben that I reckon your film gets shown. He said, Oh, 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 oh. So he was nervous. Yeah. And Dee said to me, Joe, don't jinx him. I said, no, I reckon it'll get shown. I reckon it will. Well, I'd and be, look, it was shown. So I'd be honoured and yeah. delighted if it is. Listen, right, see. I'm more like a Cassandra, so I, <laughs> I can guess these things. And Simon, where can we reach you? Uh, you can find me, as always, on independentrunnings.com. Yeah. And... Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, and all good uh, podcast providers. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just um, search for Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. And if you're on iTunes and Stitchers, please leave us a re- review and a rating. It does help. We could do with more. Yes, spread the word, please. Do you know something? Can, can I add yes. something as well? I've sure. been listening to your podcast, and, and I'll tell you what, you, you guys are good, you know. You're like the Anton Deck of horror. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't mean it as an insult. I don't way. want that as a quote. <laughs> <laughs> the Anton Deck of horror, I love it. <laughs> well, Ant and Deck taking a spliff, kind of. Oh, <laughs> wow. But you know what I mean? But, no, but, no, but I feel you guys are good, you know, you guys are. And I noticed that at Fright Fest, people do their own podcast, their interviews, and um, they actually love it. Yeah. They actually love it as well. They do it because they love it. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, well, yeah. well, podcasting is a way of, you know, getting to talk about the things you love. Uh, with other people who have the same interests and, you know, people listening to it. Yeah, I joke about it being my memoirs in case I never actually ever make it in this industry. Um, You you know, at least I've got something recorded about what I think about movies. Well, it's like... like, I think too much about them, probably. It's like like Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, sad what happened to him and and all that, but, you know, look at him now. Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's a great note to end end a horror podcast on, actually, is one of the uh, most prolific horror writers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely unknown until after his death. That's right. Now a legend. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Jason. Thank you so much for inviting me as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Fun. And join us on the next episode of Movie Heaven, Movie Hell.